0: Have you ever had this experience? You're scrolling through the news on your phone, scrolling and scrolling, until suddenly you stop. Something grabs your attention. a story so shocking and horrible, it halts you in your tracks. So you tap on the article and read it, and two distinct feelings well up in you, disgust and pride. Disgust for the people in the story and pride in yourself. Why? Because in that moment, you believe that you would never do, would never say, would never commit the sins described. I've had that experience. I'm sure many of you have too, but maybe we shouldn't be so quick to feel that pride. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory, and we are bringing you the powerful, true testimony of a man who grew up in the church and assumed that he would never get swept up in the darkness of this world, that is, until he finds himself in the center of a headline-making criminal enterprise. Will he learn from his experiences, or will he keep making the same mistakes? That's what we're diving into in this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, Also, you'll want to stick around because later we are going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for an exciting prize. But first, let's get to it, folks. Part one of the true story of Vernon Goff.
1: Vernon Goff, you're under arrest. Vernon Goff, you are
2: hereby sentenced to 25 years in prison.
0: Vernon Goff, you are now number 103462. May 29th,
3: 1986. This was the beginning of the best time of my life.
0: You probably know a young man like the one in our story. He had a good head on his shoulders, became a Christian, lived a good moral life for a while. He never dreamed he could get swept away into a life of drugs, alcohol, and promiscuity. Here's a story that can serve as a warning for all of us as we present part one of the true testimony of Vernon Goth right now on Unshackled. I was born
3: in the Everglades of Florida. I come from a long line of commercial fishermen back to my great-grandfather. I was a good fisherman who just wanted a good life. Find a wife, raise kids, sounds good, right? I had no idea anything was wrong. No idea that something was out there waiting for me deep in those tropical wetlands, waiting to devour my very soul. In the little town of Chukaluski, on an island of oyster shells, there was this little church standing tall on stilts. I can still see it. Mother got saved in that little church, and that's where I professed faith at the age of 13. But by the time I was 17, I was boozing it up like my friends, and I couldn't put anything past Mom.
4: Junie, there's a storm coming. I can feel it. Really? On the radio, they said... That's not the kind of storm I'm talking about. I don't understand. Vernon, you asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, but you've got to be grounded in his word and do what it says. This may look just like a book, but it's so much more. This right here is a compass for your life. Yes, ma'am. When the storm comes, and it will come, the word of God will guide you straight and true. Yes, ma'am.
3: I said yes with my mouth, but my heart was far away.
1: Hey, Vernon. Jimmy. You hear what happened to the Sanders? Government just took their property, house and all. How can they do that? Greed. Got to get more land. Turn our Everglades into a precious park. I get saving the land and all that, but they're forcing folks to give up their livelihood, the way we've been living here for decades. Just ain't right. I hear you. Hey, grab that trap there, will you? Sure. Hey, Vernon. How's it going with you and Susie? Gonna marry her, Jim. Well, I'll be. I don't blame you. That girl sure is pretty. Hey, let's celebrate. What'd you have in mind? What'd you have in mind?
0: Booze!
1: (laughs) I
3: married the pretty girl, Susie. And before too long, we had three precious little kids. Lisa, Deanna, and Ronnie I got into stone crabbing working daybreak to dark 7 days a week pulling 400 traps a day making good money and the drinking didn't even slow me down at least that's what i tried to tell myself Jim Where'd you get the new boat
1: this ain't all got me a brand new truck to haul it with what how got into a new line of business Jim no! Vernon, hear me out now. You can make some real good money. I'm talking ten to twenty thousand every time you make a run. I can hook you up if you want. Never. Why not? It's just wrong to deal drugs. It's not God's will. <laughs> oh, really?
3: Since when was that a concern? Look, I may not be perfect, but I I just can't. Jim, all of us growing up around here were taught right and wrong, and that stuff is wrong.
1: I know you ain't educated, Vernon, but you still got a brain. Think about it. You wouldn't have to work seven days a week from sunup to sundown. I mean, you'd have more time with your family. Isn't that what's most important? Yeah. We've always lived off the land, and that's been great. But our kind of life is about to go extinct. The government's moving in, condemning houses, stealing property. They're putting us out of business we got to be smart, Vernon, we're going to lose it all.
3: In one day, my entire life changed. It was early on a Sunday morning. As I made my way up the crooked channel, I saw a boat up ahead, dead in the water. As I got closer, I recognized the three men aboard. One was my cousin,
1: and the other man... Vernon! Jim? Hey, buddy. (sighs) We're in a bad fix. Can you help us? What's up? Me and my partners were on a run, and our boat broke down. Jim, are those bales of Vernon, I know you don't approve of this, but I need to get this pot to shore tonight. So you want me to help you make a drug run? Think of it like a business deal. Look at me, Vernon. If you help me, you won't ever have to pull stone crabs again. Come on, I need your help. Please, we've been friends all our lives. Don't turn your back on me now.
3: Put the bumpers down and load us up. So now, rather than crabs or fish, my deck was filled with 5,000 pounds of pot. I'd resisted all this time. But this day, I made
1: a choice that changed the direction of my life. Vernon, hey. I know this is hard for you. I promise. I'll make it worth your while. Let's just offload this stuff, and I'll head back home. Well, it's not quite that easy. We can't offload it until after dark.
3: The plan was to meet some smaller boats about halfway up the channel. They would offload the pot, and that would be it. As we got closer to one of the small boats, I saw three men aboard. I was shocked. These were men I'd grown up with all my life. All three were older than me. I had always looked up to them ever since I was a kid. I never dreamed they would be running drugs. One of them, Grayson, fished with my dad. He was best man at my wedding. Vernon, is that you? Yeah. I never thought you'd be doing this stuff. Same, sir, the same. Yeah, well, we got trouble. Somehow the law got the word. They're all over the spot where we're supposed to unload. We gotta turn around and head up the coast. My wife and family are gonna start worrying about where I am. I know a spot we can hide the pot for another day. As soon as we land, I'll run into town and tell your family you're all right. I knew that I was opening a door of trouble. Deep down, I was praying not to get caught. Turns out, I wasn't the only one praying.
4: Dear Lord God, I'm worried for my son. I know sometimes it's out late, but something's not right tonight. I can feel it. God, please protect him and bring him back home safe.
3: The plan worked, but now that I look back, I can see this was Satan's plan to lure us in. And the six men I knew all my life We were caught in the same trap, but all that excitement was like a shot of adrenaline. And it made coming home seem sweeter than usual with Susie and the kids.
4: I missed you, Daddy. Look!
3: Hey, my little Lisa, what you got there?
4: I made you a picture, see? It's you on the boat, Daddy, and you're fishing. (laughs)
3: Well, that right there is a beautiful picture, sweetie. And that's me, all right. <laughs> I'm so proud of you.
4: Oh, Daddy, I went to Amy's house yesterday and we swam all day in her backyard pool, and I can swim really good.
3: Oh, one day, my little Lisa, I'm gonna get you a place with a pool so you can swim all you want.
4: Really? Yep. Can we go outside and play? I wanna show you a bird's nest I found. Well, sure. Let's go see what you i f- I'll get it.
1: I'll be right back, sweetie. Jim, you okay? Doing great, my friend. And it's your turn to be doing great. This envelope will be yours. Here. Oh, huh? Jim. I told you I'd make it worth your while. Fifteen thousand, my friend. Fifteen? Take some time off. You deserve it. Hey, want to catch a few beers? Sure.
3: Hold on. I'll be right out. Daddy? Hey, uh, little Lisa. Uh... You and me are gonna go see that bird nest as soon as I get back, okay? Okay. Sins are like grapes. They come in bunches. Boozing it up, running drugs, not thinking about my family, then boozing even more to help escape my feelings of guilt and shame. The more I drank, the more I lost. I lost my sense of right and wrong, I lost who I was, and I lost those I loved so dearly. I was losing my soul. The Gospel of Mark chapter 8, verse 36 gives us a sense of just how much the soul is worth. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? The soul is the most valuable thing we will ever have. And I was selling mine for cheap, but never underestimate a mother's gift of discernment.
4: Junie, how are you?
3: Mother, I couldn't be happier. Business is doing well, really well.
4: Well, that's the biggest smile I've seen on you in a long time.
3: Yeah, I feel it. But something's wrong. Am I missing something? Big smile, big money.
4: Something in your eyes.
3: Mother, I am having the best time of my life.
4: Vernon, if I got you a Bible, would you promise to read it?
3: You know I will never lie to you. The answer is no. I won't. And I'm not being mean or rebellious or nothing. Business is picking up and I just don't have time.
4: You got time to take a shower every day. You got time to wash in the Word.
3: Okay. Love you, Mother.
1: Love you, too, Jenny. Ernan, think about it. If you can make this kind of money from a mishap, how much you think you can make offloading? I'm guessing... Lots. How do we make this happen? As an offloader, your job is to make arrangements to go offshore and meet the mothership. Take the pot from the ship, bring it to shore, and offload it to smaller boats for transport. That's all you gotta do. You think I can do this? Vernon, you know every island, river, creek, and marshland right up to the highway. What if we get busted or they find our stash? The dealer will for sure come after us We turn in the newspaper report of the bust to the dealer. That's our evidence that the cops got the stash. You ready? (sighs) Yeah. Good. (laughs) We meet Grayson in Miami tomorrow. Jim, you deal with Cuban. Got it. Cuban's dealing with Columbia.
3: We're looking at 20,000 pounds. Now, Vernon, the boat leaves Columbia Tuesday. When it gets near, I'll give you the coordinates where you'll meet them. Got it? Got it.
1: You did it, Vernon, you did it. Everybody is pleased with how you handled everything. The Cuban is happy, the Colombians are happy, and here is your payment. Oh. <laughs> That's the most money I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Best news of all, the Cuban is ready to do business again.
3: I have tears of sadness in my eyes as I remember this. I'm standing in my bedroom, looking out our window. The kids are playing in the pool, friends are all around, beer in the cooler, ribs on the grill. And I look down at the bed, it's covered with money, No more worrying about bills. And I'm thinking, finally, the good life. This is what it's all about right here. And my mom is praying.
4: Dear Lord God, Junie is in trouble, deep trouble. He's so blind. He can't see the trap Satan has laid for him. Open his eyes, Lord. Help him see before it's too late.
0: Folks, we'll get back to Vernon's story in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about what happens when you contribute to our ministry. Unshackled is now in its 73rd year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we are able to share Unshackled worldwide. So in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link if there is one where you're listening or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check to Unshackled and mail it to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now back to the true story of Vernon Goff.
2: It's not about that.
3: Susie, honey, I'm giving you the world. We're making more money than I ever dreamed. The kids are happy. Lisa's got the pull she's always wanted. We've got friends. This is the good life. I'm
2: grateful for all the things, Vernon. Yes, but I feel like I'm losing you.
3: I don't get it. I'm home more than I ever was when I was fishing. You're not the same man I fell in love with. Not the same. You've lost something,
2: and you're drinking. A lot. So? So I'm worried about you,
3: and so are the kids. I've been working hard all my life for this. This life, right here. All the money we need, brand new truck, brand new boat. All the toys the kids could ever ask for. They look happy, what more do you want? I want you. Deep down, I knew she was right. Even though I was pulling in more money than ever, I had this big gaping hole inside me. I tried to fill it with alcohol. It numbed my pain.
1: But it also numbed my brain. This is a life, huh, Vernon? Drinking, partying, making lots of money, having lots of fun. Huh? Oh, yeah, fun.
3: Hey, you paying attention here? Just working out the details.
1: Something else going on.
3: Listen up. I worked out a deal for 30,000 pounds. First night, we bring in 10,000 pounds. Hide the rest in a creek. I know just the spot.
1: You're turning into a regular businessman. Thanks. Daddy,
3: I made you a new picture, see? Well, let me guess. That's me. By the giraffe, right?
4: That's a tree, Daddy.
3: <laughs> sorry.
4: And that's Mommy holding your hand. And there's me, and that's Deanna, and there's Ronnie, and there's Mr. Sun in the sky. I see that.
3: Smiling Mr. Sun and all the flowers. Downright pretty. Just like my little Lisa. Hey, I'll tell you what. What? Let's put your picture on the fridge.
1: Okay.
3: Hold on, sweetie. I gotta
1: grab this. Okay. Hey, Vernon. We got trouble. Yeah? Get over here as quick as you can. On my way. So, there's this park ranger was showing a new ranger around the area, and he found our stash in the creek. No. They hauled it in and stacked it in the ranger station. 20,000 pounds!
3: Yeah. All
1: right. Just tell the Cuban we got busted. Show them the report in the newspaper.
3: That's
1: where it gets dicey. They kept it out of the news. What do you mean? They're keeping us silent. About the bust. Then we ain't got no proof it happened. Which means they're gonna think... Which means we're in trouble. These aren't just Colombians, Vernon. This is the Colombian Mafia. And you're just now telling me this? Hold on. Hello? Yeah? Oh, no. But you told them. Okay, okay, just... hold on. I'm writing this down. Uh Uh-huh. No guns. Got it. Hey, we'll do all we can, okay? I... I Yeah. I hear you.
3: I just watched your face turn white. Vernon. That was the Cuban.
1: Pleading for his life. They are gonna kill him. No. They want proof about the missing pot. They want us to meet between Miami and the Everglades at 40 Mile Bend. No guns. They won't bring any either. You believe them? Not for a minute. This could get real ugly, real fast.
3: We pulled up to the abandoned restaurant on Highway 41 at 2 p.m. Within minutes, two cars came up beside us on either side. I'm not feeling real great about now.
1: You and me both. Oh, no. That big guy is Marco. Step
3: out of the car. You told us no guns. We're gonna have a conversation. and your answer, will determine if the Cuban lives past today, along with you and your friend. Look, a park ranger busted us. He took 20,000 pounds to the ranger station. Funny thing, no reports in the news. He didn't report it. And you want me to believe this? It's the truth. Look, you send me another load, I'll make it up to you. (laughs) You know, Vernon, I like you. But I must kill you. Mr. X wants me to bring something back to him. Like, you know, a hand or something. Gotta show him proof. Like you should have showed me proof. I'm telling you straight up. He looked me straight in the eye without a word. I didn't blink, but I felt every gun pointing at us. It was the longest moment of my life. Suddenly, without explanation, he turned and got back into the car. What just happened? I have no idea. But it's not over.
2: Vernon? Who is calling at 2.30 in the morning?
3: Hello? Hello? Who is this? Hello?
2: Who was it?
3: I don't know. Wrong number, I guess. Let's get some sleep. But I knew exactly who it was. Marco. It's always late at night. Sometimes he don't say nothing. I just hear him breathing. It's creepy. One of these nights, he and his goons are going to show up at my house. Every morning, I check my truck for a bomb. Marco's like an animal on the prowl. (laughs) Kid, get away from the windows! Now!
2: Vernon, what's wrong? It's...
3: Everything's okay.
2: I'm sorry, Daddy.
3: It's okay, sweetie.
2: Vernon, every time a car comes nearby, you jump. And now you're yelling at the kids for looking out the window. Tell me what's going on.
3: I made up some excuse to try and make Susie feel better. But there was no way I could live like this. All the while putting my family through the ringer. Something had to be done. Marco, you coward. If you got something against me, you come and face me. Like a man. (sighs) I never heard from Marco again. But something dangerous was growing inside of me. My heart gradually grew colder and darker and harder and even more selfish. And then, I made one of the most foolish mistakes of my life.
2: Vernon! No, we can work this out. I know we can.
3: It's too late. I'm done.
2: You're leaving your wife. You're leaving Lisa and Deanna and Ronnie. Vernon,
3: what is wrong with you? It's what's wrong with you. I want to live the good life and I want to share it with you. But instead, you keep holding me back. I do all this stuff for you, get you whatever you want, and in return, you keep lecturing me about going away so much, nagging me about drinking so much. All I want to do is be happy. Is that too much to ask? You
2: ain't just lost respect for me, Vernon. You've lost respect for yourself.
3: She was right, and she knew. I could see it in her eyes without her saying nothing. There was another woman. Someone I felt could help me fulfill my dreams of living fast and free. It was all part of the trap. I remember looking at little Lisa's picture on the fridge, stick figures, me holding Susie's hand, Lisa, Deanna, Ronnie, the little flowers, and Mr. Sun smiling in the sky. A simple picture, a simple beauty and I left it behind me right there on the fridge. Sure, it was sad, but I finally felt free. No more shackles on my life. Now I could pursue the good life I had always wanted. I had no idea Satan was busy putting the final touches on the real shackles he had fashioned just for me.
4: Dear Lord God, You know what it takes to bring Vernon back home. God, if you can hear me, can you bring my husband back? Dear God, please bring daddy home.
0: We'll hear more of this remarkable testimony next time in part two of the Vernon Goff story. Vernon started off as a good man Some people believe that's how you get to heaven. But our goodness can never get us right with God. Only the goodness of Jesus, through His gift of salvation, will cleanse us from all our sin. It's His beautiful gift ready for you to receive. If you believe in Him as Lord, then begin the process of completely submitting yourself to the one true King right now. If you need help with this crucial decision, we encourage you to call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Or you can get in touch with us here at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org. Or you can leave us a message at 312-281-1264. Now, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. It really helps us out. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, the prize for the sweepstakes contest is yet another beautiful wooden scripture plaque. The verse on this one is 1 Thessalonians 5, 2, and 6, which reads, The day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. This plaque is beautiful, folks, and it would make a great everyday reminder of God's perfect promises. Unfortunately, we are only able to mail this plaque to locations within the United States, so our drawing is limited to U.S. addresses, but, If you reside in the U.S., all you have to do to enter our sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. That's your name, your phone number, and email. The deadline to enter the drawing will be December 2nd, and we will announce the winner on December 18th just in time to be a great Christmas gift. We look forward to hearing from you. And next time. I was on my old fishing boat riding through the islands.
3: I looked over at the beautiful beach lined with palm trees, blue sky, clear
0: water, not a care on my mind. Vernon Goff was a simple fisherman. He never dreamed he'd become a drug runner in a world of speed boats and night runs. Blue
3: lights, here they come, hang on. Vernon!
1: Helicopter! They got a speedboat? Oh,
0: no! Would he escape that treacherous life? We made it. They'll never catch us in these mangroves. They got
1: backups. They'll be crawling all over this place.
0: Or pay the ultimate price. Vernon Golf, you're under arrest.
2: You are
3: surrounded by animals who will stab you in the back.
0: I've got to get out of here. Somehow find out in this part two of his gripping story all on the next unshackled heard in part one of the true story of vernon goff were jeff parker marcy Mencotti, michael walner howard friedland and allison baller original music don Badorf. sound effects michael walner audio engineer david Kirchinski. script john forno That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.